Welcome to the Crushing Cashflow Podcast, where we share phenomenal advice and dozens of decades of wisdom from investors and entrepreneurs of all types and all stages of their journeys. We'll cover many forms of cash flowing assets, such as real estate, stock investing, entrepreneurship, and general finance guidance. Listen in and learn from those who are crushing it out there, as well as those who have been crushed by business or their investments. Now, here's your host, Andrew Shutsky. Welcome back to another episode of Crushing Cashflow. I'm your host, Andrew Shutsky. With me today is Adam Lacey. Adam's actually a good friend of mine and a partner of ours, and I'm excited to have him on the show. Here's a little bit more about him. He's a father, a husband, a professional engineer, obviously a real estate investor, and founder of Gold Ribbon Investments. His background in civil engineering and construction management helped develop his strong organizational and problem-solving skills, which he believes are necessary, and I agree, to succeed as an investor. He's currently a limited partner in two deals and a general partner at GP in two apartment communities. We're going to talk a bit about that in a bit, and is looking to double that in the next 12 months. So we'll talk about his goals. So what I think is really powerful too, you know, I mentioned he's the founder of his gold ribbon investment organization. He helps with professionals invest in real estate without taking on the headaches of becoming a landlord, which is, we talk a lot about the benefits of that. And what's really cool is he donates a portion of his profits to fund safer, more effective treatments for childhood cancer. You really can't argue with that powerful statement. So welcome to the show, man. It's great to have you here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate your time as always. So um, how did you get started in real estate? I mean, I love asking that question. Why real estate? Why not stocks? Why not bonds? Why, why not, why not some other alternative investment strategy? What do you, what drew you in? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and, and I think to really get into that, I'll go back to kind of what started me down, down the investment road anyway. I mean, I, you know, I have an engineering background, as you mentioned, and and to be honest with you, I, I never really enjoyed the engineering world and living the corporate life and always knew, even from the time I, right after I graduated, that I wanted to kind of transition into something else. I just didn't know what it was. And, and you know, I, I think like a lot of people, you just, it just seems so daunting. You know, I went through engineering school and you put all this work into it and then you graduate and then you're like, oh man, now, now I want to mix it up. Am I just going to pull the plug on all that? And, and so I just kind of stayed the course and stayed you know, and thought, well, you know, as maybe I get into further in my career, I get into project management, maybe I enjoy it more, or just in general, just procrastinating, actually making some big switch. And then, to be honest with you, I, I had a big, big moment in my life. Um, as you know, I have two sons now, I have a, they're six and four at the moment, when, when my oldest was two, and coincidentally, my wife, Katie was pregnant with the little one, we found out my son had a tumor in his bladder. And it's one of those moments that just, you know, Andrew, you got kids, it, it hits you like a ton of bricks. And, and it's one of those things. It's like, thank God they rush you around. Cause if I had more time to just sit and think it would have, it would have gotten really dark. Um, I mean, it, it got dark at times, but you know, they're rushing you around and it's okay. Chemo starting the next day and radiation starts on Monday. And, and, you know, that next year looked like six weeks of radiation treatment for my kid. Um, 42 weeks of chemotherapy and, you know, countless trips to physical therapy and, and, you know, it's doctor's appointment after doctor's appointment after doctor's appointment. And frankly, um, you know, a lot of things came out of that. And just to fast forward, he's okay. Now he's in remission. He's been in remission since um, September of 2017. We have to get him checkups every now and then, but he's doing good. You know, we got lucky, but looking back in that year, it, it was, there were so many appointments 
I mean, we basically had to hire a nanny, rely on friend, wow. family and friends here and there to help get them to those appointments. And, you know, I felt awful, like as a dad, like you just want to be there with your kid to, um, you know, get them to all those appointments and get, just be there for them. And knowing that, well, my, I have my insurance through my job and I need to make money. So I still have to work. It, it's just one of those things that, you know, and I'm not going to lie during that year, it was more like a survival mode thing. Like, let's just get through this and not worry about anything else other than yeah. sure <laughs> no one is like, you know, in the best place to succeed. And, but then once I came out of that, it was one of those things where you start thinking, looking at your life and analyzing things. And it, it's kind of cliche, but you realize, you know, life yeah. is short. And if I really don't like this, this career, if I really want to be an entrepreneur, like, let's just do it. So that's when I started. And to be honest with you, you asked me about why real estate. I, it wasn't, it should have been obvi more obvious to me at first, because coincidentally yeah. through this whole time, my wife and I were already kind of making money in real estate. We were buying fixer uppers, fixing them up, selling them, mm -hmm. kind of the live and flip things where we did a few of those. Um, but anyway, at this point, I started looking at, you know, opening Jimmy John's franchises. <laughs> I looked at opening like a baseball training facility. You know, I was running all these um, ideas, trying to figure out something that I thought would, would fit, that would offer me, you know, not only a way to enjoy what I do more, but also maybe some time freedom once I got the business established. And, you know, if God forbid something like that happened again, I, I, you know, I'd have the time to get my kid to appointments or whatever it may be. And honestly, just from a more positive light, I want, I want the time to coach my kids sports teams and get them to school and things like that, you know, um, as I'm sure you can relate to. So, so that's when I stumbled onto bigger pockets, like a lot of people um, read I did read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but I got to say the first one that kind of set it off for me was E-Myth Revisited. I don't know if you you read that book. but just You know, I actually that. haven't. I'm surprised. I, I think I thought I'd read them all, but I, that one had slipped through the cracks for now. So, yeah, it, it was a good one for me because it was just it, the whole book is related to, you know, working on your business, not in your business and setting up systems and processes, which I think relates very well to to a real estate business. Um, and then, but anyway, from there, I got into real estate, started looking into the small multifamily stuff, started making offers on some um, duplexes, threeplexes, fourplexes type of stuff. And then kind of, you know, after running the numbers, realized that it's going to take me a really long time to get financially free and exit you buying those smaller properties. So that's when I started looking into looking into multifamily, um, probably very similar to you, started reading all the books and podcasts I could find, going to networking events, ended up hiring her, hiring her mentor. And, and that's that's when it really started to kick off for me. Um, so yeah. So that's on PAX. There's a lot of great stuff in there. And first and foremost, I can't imagine what you went through with the kids. I mean, I've got blessed with two healthy kids for now, but I remember if one of them gets the cold or a flu, we freak out. So going through something like that for that long of a period, I can't imagine, but being the annoying optimist, <clears throat> I look at that and I say, well, you know, maybe that gave you the energy and fuel to focus on finding another way. Right. So that, that absolutely. absolutely, that's the positive side of all that. So <clears throat> let's fast forward to now, you know, you and I met through, I think through originally through bigger pockets as well, which is funny you know, through friends of friends so. or, or yeah. Facebook or something like that. <clears throat> so what's interesting is uh, how the worlds collide there, but, how did, you know, you I took the same path or similar. I did a lot of education, mentorship, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, what led you to your first deal? I mean, a lot of people spin their wheels for years. Uh, and you and I landed in our first general partners uh, seat 
pretty quickly. What was your secret? What's the magic behind it? I don't know if there's any magic, man. I wish <laughs> I had a magic pill. I, you know, I, I started going to networking events and meeting people. Um, there was actually a group that was running a multifamily specific meetup in, in the Denver area, which is where I live now. And, uh, and I would go there every month and, and that one hit home. It was, I enjoyed more cause it was multifamily specific versus a lot of the other meetups, which is like, you know, you got your flippers and your, and your wholesalers, which is great too. But I really enjoyed the multifamily specific one, especially when I was in that early learning stages and just started talking to people, started talking to the host. And I showed up every month and, and we'd have, stay after and have coffee and, you know, have just have conversations. And it's actually through that group that I met the sponsor that I invested as an LP in my first deal. Um, and then coincidentally through another connection invested as an LP in another deal. And then through also one of those connections um, got into the GP side of things through people that I knew there, I just really stayed in touch. COVID kind of shut everything down. So I wasn't going to the meetup anymore. And, and for me kind of missing that connection and just wanting to stay in touch with people, I would just reach out and be like, Hey, you know, every once in a while, shoot an email or phone call or text and just see how these other people are doing, see what kind of deals they had going on. And, and my friend Tyler was like, actually, man, you know, we have this deal in Alabama. Um, we could probably use some help on the GP team. It's a big deal. It's a 393 unit. And wow. um, we'd love to talk more about it. And I was absolutely, let's do it. So we jumped on a call with him, a couple other members of their, their team, and ended up joining that GP. And we closed on that one back in January of 21 after awesome. a few months of, of stuff. Oh yeah. That's impressive. Congrats. So how did you position it? You say, Hey, I'll help. I'll do whatever I can. I'll help with my construction management background or I'll help raise money. How did you position it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was, it was definitely leaned on the engineering analysis and engineering or um, construction management background, you know, talk to them a little about helping out with the asset management role, which I think is, you know, I think it relates very well. It's one of, one of my strengths and also raising capital at that time. I had been already building a brand, nurturing my investors, you know, started out reaching out to friends and family, but then even extending from there, trying to get a bigger presence in social media and just, just word of mouth. Like I, I talked to somebody about real estate and maybe they're not interested, but it's, it's, Hey, who do you know? Do you know anybody that might be interested in talking about this and, and just trying to expand my network from there. So I was able to, you know, bring in some capital, help out with some due diligence, um, asset management and, and carve out a role for myself that way. That's great. And obviously since then you've done two of these. So you've been, you know, I'll say, I won't say full cycle because it's from the initial engagement to close. What would you do differently next time uh, on your third deal? What would you do differently? What, would, what recommendation would you give to someone starting out to do it right the first time? Well, I'd say it's all about taking action. I think I could have probably been further along now than I am had I taken more action earlier. You know, I think like a lot of people, I fell into a little of the imposter syndrome thing where you're, you're kind of nervous to talk to people about potentially investing or you're nervous to talk to brokers about deals because you really haven't done anything yet. And, 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 you know, there's something to be said for definitely being transparent and just having those conversations, but don't be scared to have those conversations start early. If you need to if you need to raise capital, you need to raise a million dollars for a deal. You better have that million dollars. You better have $2 million lined up before you actually get that thing under contract. You know, you need to start now sooner the better. And it's the same thing talking to brokers, get that deal flow going. You know, you yeah. might, 
it's going to take you months and months and months to find something most likely that's even worth submitting an offer on, let alone something that you're going to actually win. So there's, there's no reason not to break while you're in that learning process, go ahead and reach out to brokers and property managers and lawyers and build that team up earlier, the better. I fully agree. And I think uh, building confidence is not always an easy thing to do. And for me, it was, I think I had to over-educate myself to the point where I felt like I was, my brain was way oversaturated to the point where like, okay, I don't need to read any more of this. I'm ready to go. Everybody's got a different technique. And for me, it was about just putting in the reps, you know, underwriting a hundred deals before I was really ready to talk to a broker. That was me. What was it like for you? How did you build confidence? Was it similar? Was it education or is it just time? It was, it was definitely similar. I mean, I think it ended up taking a lot of time and stretching out longer than I would have hoped, but yeah, it's the same thing. Like if I wanted to really have a conversation with investors and brokers, I wanted to make sure that I knew the ins and outs of the numbers and um, so yeah, similar to you underwrote a ton of deals, talked, had a ton of broker conversations, you know, talked to other sponsors about their deals, just trying to get all the information I could, um, and, which is great. And, and don't get me wrong. That's important. Education, I think is a, an important foundation. Yeah. I just think there's a point and, and, you know, I fell into that, you know, paralysis by analysis type of thing where you, you just, you get to a point where you know you're confident that you know your numbers, but then you still want to analyze another 60 to 80 yeah. deals before you actually start taking that, that action. So I that's all be, I'm saying. I said this before. Do you want to be a professor? That, that's fine if you do, or do you want to be an investor, right? I mean, right, right. that's a good point. Yeah, exactly. I've never heard it put it that way, but I like that. So that's, that's very true. You don't need your PhD in this stuff. You can get going with the bachelor's. Yeah. So I want to talk about your goals for next year, right? You've obviously got a solid foundation. You and I are working closely together. So for those listening, Adam and I and another partner have just been busy, busy analyzing deals and trying to take, take a few deals down together. So about next year, you talk about doubling your involvement as a general partner and you may be an LP as well. Uh, that seems conservative, knowing you and knowing how we operate. What, what do you think, you know, what does the next two, three years look like? I mean, where do you, where do you see yourself? What's important to you? What are you chasing? Yeah. And you're right. I think that is conservative. I mean, I'd like to tell you, I'd like to get into eight deals next year, but, but, you know, I mean, as we're looking at deals together, the market is tough. And, and I think you and I are in alignment that we're not going to overpay for a deal. We're not yeah. going to get into a deal where our investors aren't in a good place and right. where I wouldn't want my mom to invest in it, you know? So yeah, I, I just think two is kind of a realistic number. If we can get in two decent sized deals, if we can be more, that'd be great. But that's kind of my goal over the next six months is find something um, you and I are looking hard in a couple markets. So we got that going on and, and I actually bringing on a couple teammates. It sounds like to help us with the underwriting process. So I'm, I'm confident that we'll get that going, but it's, it's just, it's just keep grinding. We'll find that deal. Keep underwriting deals, keep putting in offers and keep having those conversations and we will find something soon. And you're, and you're right. It's, it's not just about the numbers, the volume. To me, it was never just about any a thousand doors. I've mentioned this a thousand times now on different podcasts, but quality is a huge role. And I think that's underemphasized today. We're a market where things are very insane. And I feel like you see people doing 10 deals, 12 deals a year. Probability-wise, is not high that they're all quality, you know, 20% type return deals. So we're more in a needle in a haystack type environment. So yeah, I think it's important to push yourself aggressively and set goals that are just barely achievable, but also balance that. You know, I think where you and I are similar, and I think it's important and underlooked in a lot of today's you know different uh, operators out there is quality 
and, you know, risk aversion is, is uh, an important aspect as well. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the great things about apartment investing is it, it just is a very great risk adjusted investment. I mean, you can yeah. go after things where you can like 10 X your money, but there's also a huge risk involved with that. And if, if we do what we do and we find the deals that we like to look for, I mean, it's just not that there's not any risk. Of course there's risk, but it, it's just a lot lower than some yes. of the other asset classes out there that are going to produce similar returns. Correct. Correct. So awesome. Thanks for sharing your background, your story, your, your purpose, your why. Uh, yeah. Listeners want to learn more or get in touch with you, learn more about Gold Ribbon, learn more about Adam Lacey. How do they do so? Well, feel free to go to my rev, my website. It's goldriveninvestments.com. You can email me at adam at goldriveninvestments.com. Um, yeah, I don't know, Andrew, if you're going to throw that stuff in the show notes, but feel free to reach out. I love having conversations, whether it's you're looking at potentially investing or you just want to have a 30 minute conversation and get to know each other. I'd love to connect with you. So reach out. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening in with us for another episode of the Crushing Cash Flow Podcast. We have a small favor to ask of all of our listeners. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Each subscription and rating will help us massively toward our goal of helping reach as many listeners as possible each week. Thank you very much once again for listening. We're thrilled to have you with us as part of this journey, and we can't wait to share more of these stories with you. Stay tuned for much more to come.